Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Tune Lighting Podcast. It's another week has gone by, another week closer to week 52, the deadline for us to write and produce an entire album. Jack's still joining me from the other side of Manchester. We're still in lockdown. Hello, Jack. How are you doing? Hello, Rob. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. The... uh, the isolation it's freed up quite a bit more time for uh for working on uh, bits and bobs of, of music and it's definitely taken away a lot of excuses i had before so you know i'm uh, I'm, I'm trying to utilize uh, the extra time where i can but it's you know it'd be nice to be able to uh, go and have some chill out time <laughs> by doing other things but uh, can't complain really yeah it's 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 all chill out time or chill in time yeah in terms of what I've actually accomplished towards the the album, towards writing music and, and things like that, uh, I did make the cardinal sin, which we've already talked about, um, of instead of just using what I already had and getting something recorded or getting something written, I decided the best thing to do would be to buy myself a new guitar. <laughs> uh, and the, the blind hope that maybe that would provide some kind of inspiration or something that would kickstart this this journey that we're on and and i I wanted a new guitar anyway because i haven't bought one for uh, for a long time but about 10 years so you know it's a little treat to myself to to say you know good luck so uh, listeners you can see this guitar i've seen it uh because we have an instagram account now uh which is is it tune lighting at tune lighting lighting, yeah Nobody's, I mean, it's a new word. So that's the good thing about inventing a word is that all the social media handles are available. <laughs> oh, wow. That is, that is the perfect social media handle for this particular podcast. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and I think that's that's the first post on there. You can see see Rob's new Gretsch guitar yeah. on, his, uh, on his wall. Yeah, so that was the first thing I did was buy a new guitar, which remarkably came the next day, actually, in this time where deliveries are all over the place. But I can't get food delivered, but you can get guitars delivered next day uh, and then I decided that it I needed more distractions from the task at hand so I bought myself a wall hanger to hang it up nicely on the wall so now I feel like I'm even more in a, a recording studio even if there's not any music actually getting recorded yeah unfortunately to maintain the feeling of a recording studio he can never take the guitar off the wall <laughs> that's it as soon as it comes down it's like all it, yeah all the essence of the recording studio is lost and uh, so it has to stay there so I'm, I'm trying to learn how to strum a guitar and play the chords whilst it's still <laughs> on the wall <laughs> oh i want to see that but actually i will say that it has had interesting consequences buying this new guitar for a couple of reasons i mean it made me want to play lots of guitar and record lots of guitar firstly so maybe there's going to be more guitar on the album than uh, there would have been otherwise but um the the fact that it's actually it's a bit different so my old guitar i had was an ibanez electric guitar almost i guess a metal guitar from back when we were in a band and it's it it's weird how the type of guitar you have can almost push you in the direction of a certain sound or genre so this new Gretsch guitar is a semi-acoustic so when I pick it up and play it I don't want to play the same kind of because of the sound of it and it's got a bit more of a classic sound I don't want to play the screeching distorted noises that maybe I would have lent towards 
on my Ibanez guitar, which sounded great from that. I've started playing more clean stuff, more cleaner, crunchy sounds, which sound really good with the semi-acoustic tone that there is. So that has pushed me in that direction. So it's kind of interesting that I've already recorded a couple of bits, bits and bobs of uh, new tracks that have really sounded different to anything I've done before because of the sound of this new guitar. So that's that's something I really wasn't expecting. So it has actually had an interesting consequence. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of musicians talk about this kind of thing with a new instrument. Sometimes it's a completely new instrument that you've never played before, but even a different kind of model hmm. of guitar. Usually, I've heard a lot of people say the first thing you do is write a new song because you're playing around with it, it's all new to you, you don't fall into some of the same habits you would playing an old instrument. So it's a pretty kind of fertile time for writing those first few weeks. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's good. That's, I mean, if we need to buy a new guitar every every few weeks, and so <laughs> be it. Exactly. But um, no, I, I think it's reignited my love for playing the guitar. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's going to bring something a bit different to... I was kind of recording a lot of stuff. I mean, this is this is going to make me sound really lazy, but another reason why I ordered a new guitar is because my Ibanez electric guitar uh, needed new strings and changing the strings on it is an absolute nightmare because it's got a floating bridge. So, <laughs> so just for pure laziness, I almost felt it's easier to order a new guitar. So that would... I mean, it is easier. <laughs> it's not cheaper. No, but it has meant that I've been writing uh, mostly on... Uh, acoustic for the last couple of years i'd say which is, is good for writing and stuff but it does again it pushes you in a certain direction it makes you play more chords it it pushes you away from the more traditional electric guitar sound so it's the first time i've had access to electric guitar for a bit so it's we're probably going to find more guitar on on the album now because of that i uh i've got a kind of similar but less less exciting story of my my week in the album process, oh, yeah. um, also involving guitar, involving acoustic guitar, I, for the first time ever, um, detuned my guitar to Dadfad uh, D A oh yeah D F sharp A D tuning to um, to play a couple of her songs, a couple of covers. Is it is that that type of tuning is renowned with any certain genre or sound or? Uh, it's quite quite folky. I mean, I was I was learning a Laura Marling song um, because she's started uploading kind of tutorials on YouTube, and she said that she uses it because Joni Mitchell and Leonard Cohen and lots of kind of classic folky singer songwriters have uh, have played it mm. played in that tuning. It does mean though, because again, being quite lazy. <laughs> detuning guitar even with regular um regular strings and regular um pickups and everything is a bit of an effort yeah so it means that i'm using exclusively that tuning and when i detune it i'll probably not play it again for some time i think it is it is interesting how certain bands as well can just completely i remember placebo are famous for having their own tuning like placebo tuning which just gives them a completely yeah, should, unique sound it should be a pretty quick win if you're after yeah. um, after a unique unique sound. And uh, Jose Gonzalez, I seem to remember, has like a different tuning, which just allows him to play like chords that 
it would be mm, really weird really tricky chords and stuff, to play yeah. so his his like spanish guitar sound is quite unique because yeah he, it's just he's just playing different chords that you can't play on a usual acoustic so yeah something to look into lots of things to explore lots of other distractions to stop us from actually finishing songs but <laughs> yeah i think um, sort of i'm telling myself we're still at the stage the early yeah early enough in the process that it's all about kind of gathering influences and playing around and so i'm telling myself it's all it's all healthy it's all progress at this point so inspired by the coronavirus lockdown uh and what it has kind of forced us into doing um, in, in terms of how we collaborate on this album me and jack uh, we decided we'd focus on that in this episode and the subject of collaborating remotely um and we are obviously very lucky as we've touched upon in the last episode uh with the advancement of technology and things like that uh that we can now pretty easily collaborate on this album without needing to be in the same room all the time it's allowing us to be you know in separate we are in the same city but we could in theory be on opposite sides of the world and still be collaborating Mm. so it's it's an interesting and a different way of doing things to what we've maybe done in the past but uh it's uh it's exciting that it can it can be done it is um although i just before we started recording this i remembered that it wasn't completely different to what we did in the past mm. back in the band days we'd most of the time would be practicing in the same room that was fine but when it came to writing we had this program called Guitar Pro. <laughs> yeah, which was which was great. Well, we ended up writing a lot of our songs on. It was basically like a MIDI engine where you'd you'd type out all your different parts and it would play it back in kind of really tinny MIDI sounds. Yeah. But we would uh we all had this program and we'd we'd send our half finished songs to each other and uh, everyone would kind of add their own part. And it's not too dissimilar to what we're doing now, hmm. but with much kind of more advanced software and recordings rather than the MIDI tracks. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see more bands writing and recording their own parts if the, if it's easier to do. I don't know. Well, yeah, a lot of a lot of bands, I think, are facing that situation now. Um, some of them, are, if they were on tour together, maybe it's kind of self-isolating in a band but most of them will be trying to carry on whether it's writing or recording from a separate home so i think over the next few months a lot of bands a lot of famous bands will take that approach because i guess there'll be quite a few albums that were well underway when the lockdown started uh that you know bands that were collaborating and if they've got families or whatever and they they do not all bands live together in the same house then yeah i bet there will be a few albums that were finished remotely so that'll be uh interesting to hear and i'm I'm sure you probably wouldn't even know unless you you know you were aware of it yeah how we do it then i guess uh how we we find it's the best way to do it and how you can now do it with the advancements of technology so we've been using ableton live uh, as our daw software and what that means is we we that's the key thing i guess is that you have to at the start of one of these projects you have to say to each other this is the daw we're going to use uh we're both going to use are we happy with it that's we we settled on ableton because it's something that i've used 
for a long, long time. Um, and I basically <laughs> said to Jack, that's what, that's what we're using. But uh, you can you could do this in Logic or other, uh, you could do it with GarageBand and things like that. But if you try and go cross software, that's when issues tend it's, to creep you're in. You're creating, creating so much more work for yourself, <laughs> trying to move every track for, from uh, yeah from one DAW to another. Yeah, so what this allows is, you know, I could have a track with drums, guitars, everything, synths in there, you know, 20 tracks, uh, and I can just click on a button which says collect and save in Ableton, uh, and that collects all the files together, packages them up nicely, and I can upload that to Google Drive, or you could put it in Dropbox or, or something similar, and then Jack could just download that, and he's got all the files, and he can just carry on working on it that way so i think that's the best way to do it so i have heard of people using dropbox and shared folders and you can literally work on a track in tandem <laughs> uh, because you're working from the same folders but i just think that scares me because you're gonna it just seems like you're gonna end up with issues like what if you end up working on the same bit of a track at the same time it's <laughs> just you'd have to have really yeah. good communication i just think that's asking for trouble yeah i mean obviously you can still get a form of that this way if we're both kind of not working on the same file, so we're not overwriting each other's stuff, but it's possible that we've maybe Rob sent me a track he's been working on. Uh, we we both start working on, say, an outro for it and come up with two completely different outros. <laughs> possible. But that's but, interesting, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I think I need to... I quite like the idea sometimes of rec I'll, I'll have an idea, I'll record it, and I'll just send it to Jack, and then you just see where he takes it and see what the what ideas he comes up with because it might be completely different to what I had in mind. I think it's sometimes... Yeah, it often is. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's... Sometimes we'll send it, send a track or a bit of a track when we've kind of hit a wall and we don't know where to take it. That yeah. happens quite a lot, to be honest. Um, it's a common thing, isn't it, in music? You get you, you listen to these tracks so many times as you're trying to record bits and bobs that you just it just become numb to it. Like the, the initial excitement that you get of recording it, you think does this sound good? Does You need to put it in front of someone else. And this is what's so great about collaborating, I think, on something, is just having that uh, sounding board um, yeah. to, to use because, yeah, you definitely get into that mindset, don't you, of, of thinking, is this any good? Is it, it sounded good when I started, but I'm really not sure. And I've definitely written off entire tracks that were probably okay because I've listened to them too many times and just got fed up with them. That's it. It might only take a little bit of tweaking, a fresh, fresh pair of ears so you can like, put a new part in or take it in a slightly different direction um, and it can completely revitalize the whole thing. One issue that we, you do need to be aware of that we have come across a couple of times is getting carried away with downloading and adding in too many weird and interesting plugins or like virtual synths or things like that, that think, especially things that you pay for. Um, this came, came across an issue. I put on some weird reverb on a track, which was from a paid reverb plugin that I've downloaded called uh, h reverb or something uh, but i send it over to jack uh even when it's packaged up and then he tries to play it and it just sounds like a clean guitar uh and it says there's an error um so you know we, we have to that is something i'll have to bear in mind that you have to obviously have the same plugins downloaded for them to work uh, so we might have to minimize the amount of paid in, paid plugins we use or figure a way around that or both both buy them, I guess, if we really need them and we really feel like it's uh, something that we, we uh, need. But there's, there's ways around it and we'll figure it out, but just something to bear in mind 
if you're thinking about doing the same. Collaboration remotely is, despite even outside of times of forced lockdown, is becoming much more common. There's like whole websites and stuff dedicated to collaborating online now, which is yeah, it's, it's great if you if you want to collaborate with someone you've you've never never even heard of, just want to reach out to somebody. Mm. I guess like in the past, you'd, you'd try and get like a session musician or something, maybe if you were recording in the traditional way. But now there's websites like Splice that I've come across where you can just put a track on there and say, I need some saxophone on this part. And then someone will just send you some saxophone, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but, and it can happen. It can happen pretty quickly as well. Um, you don't need to book studio time yeah exactly months in advance or there's could be the next day you suddenly get something from the other side of the world <laughs> it's crazy isn't it and there's uh there's even a website called band hub where you can create your own online band remotely which is which is kind of cool so loads of different things popping up maybe we'll end up utilizing some of these these things ourselves if we if we want to get like a, a saxophone or something like that we haven't got the instrument or the way of recording it which makes it sound good it's great to know that we can we can use session musicians on the internet <laughs> to help us out, which could be cool. Or we could get listeners to uh, to collaborate. That that would be nice. I uh, I was looking quickly for um, examples of like bands or albums of recent times that have uh, that have been collaborating remotely and things like that. Yeah, uh, you and me both. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> have you? <laughs> I have. Yeah, we've done a bit of research this week. I'll let you do this bit, and then see, we'll see if we've got the same ones. Okay. Well, I've I've only I've only written two down here just to show kind of the progression of music over the last twenty years or so. Uh, one is the Postal Service. Got that written down. Got that written down. <laughs> we've probably been on the same websites. Um, so for those who don't know, Ben Gibbard of Def Cab for Cutie and uh, Jimmy Tamburello, I believe, his collaborator in the Postal Service kind of side project was mainly done, uh, mainly recorded remotely back in the days where it was CDRs rather than the internet. They'd kind of Yeah, that must have been like early. I remember Postal Service. It must have been like early 2000s or yeah, something. Yeah, I think it was about 2001 or something. Don't don't quote me on that. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's interesting. That's even when it was clearly quite a lot of work, quite difficult to um, logistically pick up the, the CDs and and uh, drop them off once you're done with them. And I think the process took quite a long time, but that's... Is that why they were called... Is that, that's why they were called posters? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it seems like a coincidence if, if, it, if it wasn't. It's a very apt name, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, I'd, have, I'd have to research it more thoroughly. <laughs> I'm sure the answer's out there. Uh, and the other one, a much more recent example, which maybe you've got written down as well. <laughs> uh, the band Superorganism. No, he's shaking his head. No, that's good. Um, so, I ca- I came across this band through FIFA uh, a couple of years ago. One of their songs. Uh, I've come across a lot mind. of great music from FIFA. Actually, yeah, shout no, out to FIFA in their uh, a lot their well kind FIFA, of yeah. commitment to new to new music. Yeah. Um, so they're quite quite quirky, very kind of uh, sort of patchwork of sounds, really, um, and which is fitting because. They are from all over the world, different countries, different continents, and to such an extent that they like recorded their first songs without them all ever having been in a room together, yeah. ever having met. 
they did that. Um, once they started to get a bit, bit of success, they did move into a house together uh, in London to to do some more songs, but continued to record in separate rooms by themselves because that's the way they were uh, <laughs> used to doing it. Um, just kind of interesting. Each each one puts their own idea down and sends it back to the others. So yeah, it's a very kind of internet age thing to do, um, and for them it worked worked very well. I love that how they felt like they the next logical step was to buy it, get get in a house together, and then they realised that actually they've been working the way no. they've been working yeah. was perfectly fine. <laughs> they actually preferred working in that way. The other one I had written down was uh, bad, bad, not good. They did a collaboration album with Ghostface Killer. Apparently, he has a nice. reputation for being like you know, really hard to pin down. And they were meant to meet up to record the album together, but they just ended up doing it all over the email and the internet because it was just so hard to pin down. And, you know, you've got to do what you got to do. I think when it's a case of collaborating on one song, when you kind of get a guest vocalist for one song, I think it's probably not uncommon that mm. you send them the tapes rather than actually getting them in the studio. Yeah, I think in the rap and, and hip-hop world, it's been common for longer because uh, producer, yeah. producers will just get vocalists to send stuff to them and, and finish it off themselves. But I think in the band setting, I think it's it's more of a recent phenomenon. But it, it, it's good to know there's examples out there, and we're not uh, <laughs> we're not the first to do it. So promising, even yeah, if it it's forced, <laughs> certainly won't be the last. Well, yeah, I guess that uh, that brings us to the the end of this this episode. What are we going to be talking about in the next episode, Jack? I was thinking we should discuss how we start a song, which is probably one of our fortes. Um, and then the following week, we can maybe talk about finishing a song, which is is not one of our fortes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about what we what we have been doing and what we'll carry on doing in terms of getting things up and running. Yeah, how do we start a song? How the various ways you can approach starting a song? That's what we'll be talking about next week. Thanks very much again for joining us on the Two Lighting Podcast. I uh, hope you like what we're doing here and carry on listening in future weeks. Uh, as we say at the end of every episode, if you haven't already, please do subscribe to get the next episode automatically downloaded on your podcast app. Uh, and if you have any questions or topics that you think would be good for us to cover in future episodes, uh, whether it's certain things about recording music or writing music that you would find interesting then let us know and again if anyone out there wants to start the challenge and do it along with us or you know you don't have to have started at the same time as us you can start week one right now or whatever you happen to be listening to this podcast in the future just let us know send a tweet or a instagram to at tune lighting or, or you can send us an email it's tune lighting at musicianshq.com but I better get back to the studio and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye.